Thanks for listening to The Rest is Politics. Sign up to The Rest is Politics Plus to enjoy ad-free listening, receive a weekly newsletter, join our members' chat room and gain early access to live show tickets. Just go to therestispolitics.com. That's therestispolitics.com. Welcome to another special edition of The Rest is Politics with me, Alistair Campbell in Paris. And me, Rory Stewart, somewhere uh, a very long way in Kenya, up in, oh. up in northern Kenya. And we're very pleased to have our first président, our first président de la République française. Welcome, François Hollande. Thank you for your invitation. It's really nice to have you. Um, and I want to start with what you think about what is happening right now in my country and la politique britannique. It's difficult to speak about another country than uh, France for me, but I, I don't want to give lessons so, so difficult in France that can uh, forgive what it happened in uh, in Great Britain. But it's a surprise to have uh, five prime ministers in five years. Six years. Six years. Mm. It's a splendid performance. So it's not a joke. It's a pity that a country like Great Britain uh, uh, has uh, instability. Mm. We, we need uh, stability in this moment because of the war in Ukraine, because of the energetic crisis. We need Great Britain in a good direction. So I hope that now you can work with, uh, with Europe. In your, you've just published a book, Bouleversement, which I guess the English translation is probably upheavals, shocks, and you have a a chapter on Brexit and Trump. And there's a fascinating account of when David Cameron said to you and Angela Merkel, I'm going for the referendum. So just tell our listeners what your reaction was, what Angela Merkel's reaction was, and how you feel it has worked out for Britain and for Europe. At this moment, we attended a European Council summit. David Cameron uh, explained to, to Angela Merkel and, and to me, he decided uh, to end the, the, the debate uh, in Great Britain. So he explained that it's a good decision because uh, after the, the yes, it was uh, over that uh, British people asked for a new uh, relation with, uh, with Europe. With Cameron, I explained uh, also that we have an experience in France, uh, European campaign uh, for referendum in uh, 2005. So we lost on the, on the new treaty. On the new treaty, we lost uh, the, the referendum, and it's difficult to win a referendum about Europe because you have always one reason to vote no. Mm. to the referendum mm. because you are not happy for, for economic policy, because you have problems with wages, because we, you have a preoccupation about your, your job for the future, because your, your region is weak uh, and you think that Europe is responsible for uh, this situation. So you have probability to, to lose the referendum. And David Cameron, who is a, a man who is always uh, sure of himself. Sure. Yeah, yeah. He went to the same school as Rory and Boris Johnson. But he had a better haircut. Yeah. <laughs> so you've written, Monsieur le Président, a wonderful book called Bouleversement. One of the uh, thoughts that I was having reading that book is you put a lot of focus on the year 2012, on 2012. You see that as being the big change 
And I wondered whether you could tell us a little bit about why you think 2012 was so important, why you think that was such an important moment of change. 2012 is a big change, not because I, I was elected, that's <laughs> true, but it's a big change because at this period, Putin came back in power and Xi Jinping became the, the, the new president of China. And Putin is in revenge uh, against the world and against the United States. He, he wanted to be uh, now in a new cycle uh, of uh, uh, supremacy of uh, authoritarian regimes against democratic uh, systems. And Xi Jinping, at the beginning of his presidency, is uh, regarded as a, a modern president. Or in fact, he's a nationalist uh, president. And he wants to, that China will become the biggest power in the world in 2050 because it's the first century of the of the regime so the new uh, situation is not that putin and xi jinping uh, are uh, in an alliance but they are convinced that the time of the of the democracy is over and the, now a new period is opened for uh, authoritarian regime and do you, do you think that we the democracies were very arrogant in assuming that democracy was going to win forever? And do you think the dictators, even with what's happening in Ukraine, do you think that the dictators think they are winning? Putin was sure to win when he decided to invade uh, Ukraine. Now it's not so so evident. And China is expecting what uh, the, the issue of the, of the conflict. But they think that we are in our democracies decadent. We are weak. We are divided. We are pushed uh, by populism, pushed by nationalism, but it's a nationalism of, of uh, internal uh, affairs. It's mm. protectionism, it's sovereignism. It's not a nationalism to be uh, powerful in the world. And the contrary, they, they want with China and Russia be powerful in the world. And, and they, they, they think that many countries are upset and they they can uh, hope that uh, with dictatorship, it's better way to tackle the, the big problems of, of the world, including the climate change. One of the most interesting things, I think, in your book is your focus on the responsibility of President Obama for this and your sense of your interactions with him. So you refer to him, I think, as an intellectual, but you thought there was a certain froid, there was a certain sort of froideur, a certain coldness to him sometimes when he interacted, and you sometimes thought that his attitude towards Europe could be a little bit de haut en bas when he was discussing things with you. Is that correct? Yes. Obama is a charismatic leader. Uh, he, he has popularity outside of, uh, of the, the United States. He, he was uh, regarded as a, a new leader with a great talent to communicate but also he is clever, of course, but he is arrogant. He is American style. He thinks that the American are superior. Mm -hmm. And he, he explained, he explained them with the, the other leaders what they know, they already know. The, the main fact, and you, you are right to, to, to remember the, the moment, uh, 2013, uh, with Cameron and Obama 
uh, we decide to to intervene in Syria to to punish uh, Bashar al-Assad. It's a crucial uh, moment. We are in August uh, 2013, and we are now convinced that uh, Bashar al-Assad has used uh, chemical chemical weapons, chemical weapons uh, against uh, his, uh, his people. people. David Cameron, he was convinced to to intervene, but because of the Blair's decision in in Iraq, most of the MPs refused to 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 intervene. So it was not a problem. We can do the the, the operation with the, with the United States and France. And, and just on that, you were ready to do it. Yes, yeah, to the All I think it was ready. And at the last moment, uh, Obama uh, uh, called called me and uh, explained that he, he wanted to summon the Congress and, and to have the, the the support of the Congress. So the the operation was was over at the, this period. And it was not so important for Syria. Syria, it was crucial, but it was very important for the world because at this moment, Putin uh, understood that Western countries are weak and, and not uh, intervene anywhere. A year after the Ukrainian conflict, two years after bombs on uh, Syria, by Russian planes and Bashar al-Assad is, is always in power. So how does the how does the war in Ukraine end? Uh, the decision is uh, American. If Biden has the majority in the new elections, he will continue to support Ukrainians and, and provide uh, arms and equipments. If he has not the, the majority, it will be more difficult. And if people in Europe uh, accept uh, sacrifices, mm-hmm. sacrifices about energy cost, about uh, inflation, about recession, uh, Ukrainians can continue. That's to, a big to, if. That is a big if. And Putin knows all the, 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 these aspects. He has no democracy inside, so he can uh, obtain uh, the support of the Russian people. But he knows that we are divided. He knows we are weak. He knows we, are, uh, we have elections. So he continues to, to, to control the, the eastern of, uh, of Ukrainian and uh, he hopes that we accept a negotiation and Ukraine have no choice. So we're, we're here on Monday and your newspapers this morning, there's next to nothing about Johnson, Sunak, etc. The big, big story is the divisions between France and Germany, um, which I assume is flowing from the war in Ukraine. Now, how big a problem and how big a crisis does that become for Europe unless it gets resolved? There is a cohesion in, in Europe about the support of Ukraine. Uh, Germany and France and Great Britain agree to, to, to continue to, to support Ukraine. The division is about uh, energy yeah. and uh, weapons f- mm-hmm. for the future. Energy because uh, in Germany they have the the capacity to, to sustain uh, the demand uh, in France more difficult because of the budget capacity. So we want to, to have a, a selling price yep. for the gas. Mm-hmm. And Germany is against the system because it's too expensive. And uh, Germany wants to, to have a, a relationship in NATO with the United States for the future of the weapons. 
and France want to to have common uh, European defense, European defense, and also want to to sell his proper weapons to to Germany. Uh, but Germany prefer uh, buy uh, American than buy European. On but it's, so it's, diff- it's a genuine difficulty. Yes, it's a difficulty. Yeah. And Putin will welcome it. Yes, and if we want uh, defense of Europe, we want we want we must have the common weapons together. Mm. So one one of the things, Monsieur le Président, which you've mentioned in the past is the problem of the relationship to Saudi Arabia and China in terms of sustaining Russia. Is that something you can talk about a little bit? That Russia is not really operating alone. That this is a fundamental challenge between autocracies and democracies. And that if we predict the future of Ukraine, we need to think about other countries, not just Russia. And Iran, of course, because it's Iran that's providing these drones that are doing so much damage now. I, I spoke about the big change in, in 2012 uh, with the islands uh, between China and Russia. But we have alliances with all the dictatorships. The problem is now that Russia is not so condemned by the, the international community because the, Russia continues to, to explain that the, the responsibility of the crisis is uh, on the side of Western countries. That's a problem. Mm-hmm. So Europeans uh, and Western countries must uh, convince the world that if uh, Putin is winning the, the, the war, it will be a problem for all the, the world because tomorrow China can catch Taiwan because uh, after tomorrow Iran uh, can uh, uh, dispose of nuclear w- weapons and, and control the region. Because It's a problem because Turkey can uh, occupy the, 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 the north of Syria and, and, uh, and Kurdish uh, regions. So it's a problem uh, not for Ukraine, it's a problem for, for the uh, international uh, order and, and, and stability of the world. Ok, on va faire une petite pause, a little break. I'm Anthony Scaramucci, former White House Director of Communications and Wall Street financier. And I'm Katie Kay, U.S. Special Correspondent for BBC Studios. I've been covering American politics for almost three decades. Welcome to The Rest is Politics U.S., brought to you by Goalhanger. Go on, tell us, were those donations you made, like Obama in 2008, was that idealism? Were you hoping to get something out of these campaigns that would serve your own business interests, for example? So I think this will either make this podcast incredibly successful, Caddy, or people (laughs) will be horrified and they'll shut it off right now because I'm going to be very real with you. The Obama donation, I had gone to law school with President Obama. We were not classmates. I was a few years ahead of him. It was 2007. He was then Senator Obama. I had a check in my breast pocket. I went over to the senator. I said, Senator, I said, you and I didn't really know each other in law school, but I'm about to hand you a big check. Can I lie to my friends and tell them that you and I knew each other in law school? (laughs) Well, Obama looks at me, had the best smile in American politics since Jack Kennedy. Forever. Yeah. He lights up. He looks at me and says, I'll tell you what, if you double the amount of the check, we'll take it back to Hawaii. Okay. And I looked at him. I said, you're done. I had another check in my pocket. I ripped it up. I doubled the amount of the check. And I'm going to tell you right now, I've been to more White House Christmas parties during the Obama administration than the Trump administration. 
In this pivotal year for the United States, democracy and world affairs, Britain's biggest podcast, The Rest is Politics, is launching stateside. Uncovering secrets from inside the Biden and Trump inner circles and how they shape the world's most important economy, but also the global economy too. New episodes are released every Friday morning. Just search The Rest is Politics US wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to a special episode of The Rest is Politics with me, Alistair Campbell, in Paris. And me, Rory Stewart, roughly somewhere near Laikipia in Kenya. You write a lot in the book about Angela Merkel. Mm. Um, How much do you think the world is missing Angela Merkel? You're very, very fond of Angela Merkel. I think uh, Angela Merkel has human qualities, uh, first, because of the past. We don't... uh, understand how it's for for her uh, reality uh, the, the period of her life where, where the communist uh, system was uh, in his, in, in his, his in, yes first second uh, she's she she's she was an european so uh, she, she defends the the German interest, but at the end of the discussion, a long discussion, a long compromise with nights and days uh, to discuss, she, at the end of, of the of the course, uh, she accepts the compromise on uh, Eurozone, uh, uh, Greece, and also about Brexit. Uh, she wanted a second yes, referendum. She, she, want, she, she, she <laughs> wants, to, uh, when the, the Brexit uh, was decided by the British people, she hoped that, that a new vote w- w- was possible because she likes France, but she prefers to have Great Britain inside, not to be uh, you, you in, ne- in front of France thought, only. You thought that once the vote had happened, that was it? Yes, it was over. Because I remember the, the, the vote in France. It was very difficult to explain to the people. You vote no, but uh, tomorrow you, you, you can change. If you don't want to change, uh, we want a parliamentary system to, to, to obtain the same result. No, it's impossible in democracy. So, so this is one of the, the questions that we're still struggling with, which is, was Theresa May correct to, to try to create a more soft Brexit than Boris Johnson? For example, to remain inside the customs union. It was possible. Uh, and Theresa May tried to, to, to do that. Perhaps the uh, European Commission was too hard, but uh, all the European leaders w- w- want to, to have a, a soft Brexit. Uh, it's a pity that uh, uh, this solution has not been uh, found. And the problem was uh, the, the border with the, the island. And uh, Boris Johnson committed a mistake, but also a lie. Mm-hmm to explain that it was not a problem. It's the main problem if we want to to have a, a soft Brexit. What, what do you make of um, the fact that Trump became president? Again, you write about this in, in one chapter. Trump became president of America. Johnson became prime minister of Britain. And you talk about Putin using lying as a weapon. Um, how has this capacity for senior politicians to lie how has that affected democracy and the way the world of politics has changed? In a democracy, uh, we use lies, but uh, little lies. 
silent lies. I don't. Uh, White lies, we call them. But not the, the enormous lie. That the, the <laughs> lie will astonish, cut the, the, the discussion. And with Putin, it's possible. He explained that uh, chemical bombs were not uh, launched by the regime, but by the opposition uh, itself. That's a big lie. It's a big lie. When I was in Minsk, at, at the end of the night, we have an agreement with the Ukrainian president, uh, Putin and uh, Merkel. We, we are ready to, to sign the, 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 the agreement. And he explained, I must know what the separatist, Ukrainian separatists uh, think about that. So uh, I told him, uh, go on, uh, phone, phone them. Oh, I don't know them. I've never met them. <laughs> never in my life. So uh, he sent uh, an advisor to, 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 to phone. Uh, the, the advisor came back uh, one or two hours after. You know, they, they did not accept the separatists. So we, we are obliged to, to, to discuss one or two hours at the end. He explained, I, I will phone to, to the separatist. He has the, the, the number, the, the pocket. How do you deal with that when you, I mean, I get what you say that all politicians at sometimes are very careful with the truth. Okay. Let's put it like that. But dealing with, and it's one thing for Russia because he's a dictator. Okay. So he lies and he controls the media, but we've had the same in America and Britain which are meant to be great democracies. So what's the effect on that long term? It's a big crisis in the democracy when the, the, the defeated leader say that he has not... He won. He won. <laughs> we must ask a question. What if Trump was president at the moment where Putin invited... Uh, big change. It's, uh, are, are we sure that the American will support uh, no. Ukraine? No. No. Are we sure that uh, Putin and Trump uh, have not uh, a special relationship? No. No. Uh, are we sure that uh, Trump want to reshuffle NATO to, to be broken? Uh, yes, broken. No. So uh, uh, that's a, big, a great problem. If in democracy we have leaders who don't want to defend democracy against dictatorship, well, what is the future? The problem, yeah. You said that in normal democracies, politicians tell lies, small lies, not big lies. Can you give an example of this for the people listening to this podcast to understand the kind of small lies which happen inside democracies? I'm, I'm going to give you an example. <laughs> I'm going to give you an example. If I say to you, do you feel that President Macron stabbed you in the back? Hmm? What's your answer? Yeah. Yes, I'm sure. Oh, okay, that's the truth. <laughs> I thought you'd say no, I wouldn't say that. That's that a, a polite lie. <laughs> uh, a democratic lie, because we must accept the, the verdict of the people and who is legitimate to, to, mm -hmm. to, to preside. A little lie is when you, you don't give the information about the, the services, we give you some informations uh, about the uh, external situation. You have not to, to precise, you have not to, to, to give all, all, all. So you don't, you don't tell all of the truth. All the, all the truth. Uh, useful lie, because if you, you, you are completely transparent. Mm -hmm. You give to the enemies some information. But, 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 but Monsieur le Président, oui? there's a, a challenge because the public and the media, the newspapers, television, don't really understand the difference between a useful lie and a non-useful lie. They will also attack you if you mm. lie about the intelligence services. 
Yes, uh, so we, we must call uh, this attitude, this behavior, not uh, a lie, but... Uh, uh, en français. En français, une nécessité pour, 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 yeah. uh, pour gouverner. Yeah, yeah. Something you need to do to govern effectively. It's not, not in comparison with a, a brutal lie, a complete lie, to, to, not to, to convince, but to, to impress. That's the big difference. Putin is not a liar to, to give you uh, some information you will uh, interpret. He, he wants to lie, to impress you, to convince you. He is in a relation of force. Uh, he will go at the ultimate point to, 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 to be the, mm. the better. And sometimes he wants you to know that it is a lie because his power is about being able to tell something which is an obvious lie, a clear lie. But I wonder also if one of the problems is that the public thinks that all politicians are liars and this helps populism. Mm. How does Giorgia Meloni become the leader of Italy? How does Boris Johnson become the leader of Britain? Because the public is so cynical that they think everybody's lying, so it doesn't matter who I vote for. Uh, yes, it's, it's, it's a great danger. So uh, we must uh, say the truth so, uh, each time it's possible. Uh, I think that uh, uh, transparency, uh, truth, uh, and uh, confi confidence mm -hmm. uh, are, are the trust. Uh, trust mm -hmm. are the, the main arms to, 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 in the democracy to convince. If you begin to lie, that the risk is to, to be a liar of, uh, at the others. Because it's a risk to give the, the, the reality. Mm. People prefer sometimes to, to have a, a liar that uh, uh, frank uh, leader. I can uh, be a good testimony of that. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, um, you've got a very interesting section in the book about technology and about the social media companies who you think have not done enough to deal with the spread of hate and extremism. And you have a wonderful expression of uh, Elon Musk, anarcho-capitalist, anarcho-capitalist. What, what do you mean by that? We have a problem with the dictators. We have also the problem with uh, big companies who, who, which don't respect any border, any uh, uh, vote, any legitimacy. For Musk, uh, the problem is not to, to have a success for the United States. He's outside of the United States. The technology is first, and the leadership of a big uh, companies is, is more important than the vote of uh, of, uh, of citizens. Do you think that the, the nation state is in danger yes. as an entity? Yes, uh, nation state is in danger because uh, who is the most powerful? Is the state or the big uh, Amazon, uh, Google? Who is the the, the for the people, the, 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 the most uh, powerful system. And you think it's them, not you? It's a state, uh, but uh, people are not sure of my answer. So one of the things I'm interested in, uh, Alistair is always attacking me for going to an elite school. <laughs> but you yourself, Monsieur le Président, went to some of the most elite schools in France. You went to a private school... Uh, you went to the the uh, the best business school in France. You went to Sciences Po. You went to ENA. And my English is not so uh, <laughs> is not so so, so good. <laughs> in spite of this uh, of this course, my English is not so high. Yeah, moi aussi, je parle français comme une vache espagnole. So the the question is, 
Is there a problem with elitism in French and British politics? The lack of diversity, the, 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 the main problem for, for, for the leadership, not only in public affairs, but also in the companies, private companies. So the same people who speak uh, in the same circles, uh, they don't know what is the, the reality of the society. But we have another problem now in France, uh, um, is uh, nobody in the elite wants to make politics. Mm. The, 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 before when I was a, a student, the, the main uh, success was uh, to be a, a member of the parliament, perhaps minister, and if it's possible, president. Now in the, the elite system, politics is considered that the, 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 the wrong way, uh, the best way is to, to be uh, uh, in, uh, in boards and economic circles, not in and politics. Why? That's, why? What has changed? Uh, it's hard to be in politics. You, you are uh, regarded on your private life. You, you, you don't have any uh, revenues and wages uh, in comparison of, uh, of business. business. Uh, you, 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 you can be defeated in, in election and have a difficulty after to, to, <laughs> You're talking about to, yourself to, to, here. To be, to private be, life, <laughs> defeat. So, uh, uh, you, you, you have no, no, no holidays, no, no weekends, uh, never. So why to be uh, committed? Proper of an elite is not to be considered; is to work for the for the prosperity and sovereignty and, and, and happiness of the people. How do you, how do you must be engaged, committed, as before, even if it's more difficult now. Social social media's are are very very harsh, cruel for for the political uh, system. So why to do in in this way? Also, I think part of the problem is the is the lack of respect. Yeah. So it's okay to work weekends, work yeah. hard, not be paid very much. But if the public thinks you are all liars, all lazy, incompetent, useless people, after the time, it's a bit demoralizing. You don't feel very proud <laughs> of yourself. Yes, but it's difficult to explain. We are not lazy. We are not liars. We, 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 <laughs> we work uh, uh, each day of the week. But uh, that the, 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 it was... Also, very difficult in the past. I think uh, uh, for, for the leaders uh, uh, during all the, the 20th century, it was difficult too. Uh, so, the democracy is a, is a fight, a fight against uh, uh, animal spirits. Do you, just briefly, finally, what's your assessment of how President Macron's doing? Uh, What's Mélenchon's future on the far left in French politics and whether you think there's a real risk that the far right could ultimately win power in France? In your situation uh, in Great Britain, you have many problems, many, many prime ministers too, but <laughs> you have a chance. You have a, a political system with two big parties which remained the political environment. Mm -hmm. If you are fed up of the conservative, you can choose uh, right. Labour Party. You don't like the Labour Party, you, you, you have an opposition which can be tomorrow the, the government. In France now, 
the big parties, the, the political system have burst. Mm. Right party uh, now has no leader, no no line, no no, no future except Sarkozy. Uh, <laughs> and uh, in, in, in for the left, uh, we have uh, Mélenchon with uh, Corbyn. Uh, Corbyn in, in worst. It's possible, mm -hmm. and we we have uh, far right Le Pen. Le Pen. So uh, if the the political system is not rebuilt and two parties can appear that uh, solution or alternative, the risk is to have uh, Le Pen. In Italy, it was the same problem, same model. The parties have uh, no legitimate, uh, no, no, no place. Uh, uh, they, they have common government with all the parties inside, except one. There's a far right. So then now, then now far right is in power. The government. So you think it could happen here? It could happen. It could happen everywhere, except when the democracy is organized with big parties. Please, in Great Britain, keep your parties. The Parti Socialist, your role party, is it dead? No, it's dead, but he is um, in a long uh, sommeil. Sleeping. Sleeping. <laughs> So wake up, wake up, <laughs> be, be, be proud of, of what you, 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 you have been and you, you are and you can be in the future. And what are you going to do with the rest of your life? Politics. Okay. What does that Because mean? Because it's my life. What does it mean? What does that mean? Being, being an ex to, to write books, to participate. Oh. But what about another political position? Would you think about that or not? Uh, uh, I, I will do that if... Uh, There is a, a party to 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 push uh, this movement. I, I, I don't uh, believe in uh, personality and uh, uh, um, providential providential man. Mm -hmm. we, we we need providential man or woman. First, we must have organization and ideas. No ideas, no politics. Most of our listeners are very very intelligent people all around the world. So most of them will understand some French. Alors, si je vous demandais, je peux te tutoyer. Oui. Si je te demandais. Parce qu'en anglais, tu peux tutoyer. Oui, oui. <rire> <rire> si je te demandais à expliquer en quelques phrases la totalité qu'on a discuté, qu'est-ce que tu vas dire Je dirais que la démocratie, qui est le système pour lequel nous, nous avons toujours pensé euh, vivre, dans lequel nous avons toujours pensé vivre, est sans doute aujourd'hui menacée. Menacée par l'extérieur, par le, la volonté belliqueuse des États euh, autoritaires, on le voit Russie, Chine, Iran euh, et bien d'autres, mais menacé aussi à l'intérieur par nos divisions, euh, par euh, nos doutes, par euh, la, la contestation même de la représentation politique. Et donc, euh, le grand engagement pour, pour, pour les générations qui viennent, c'est est-ce que vous voulez vraiment vous battre encore pour la démocratie pour défendre des valeurs, des libertés, des, des, des indépendances que, que nous voyons menacées. Est-ce que vous voulez vous battre ici aussi Et si vous voulez vous battre pour la démocratie, engagez-vous, euh, non pas dans l'armée, mais dans les partis politiques. Et sinon Et sinon, le risque, c'est que, bien sûr, euh, les démocraties ne disparaîtront pas, elles s'affaibliront de jour en jour, la participation électorale sera de moins en moins forte, les jeunes se désintéresseront de plus en plus des enjeux et nous serons progressivement minés par euh, les propagandes des régimes autoritaires et par euh, les extrêmes droites qui finiront par s'installer progressivement Super. à la tête de nos pays. Super. Merci. Merci. Au revoir.
Alistair, thank you for that. I mean, one of the things I was really reminded of, uh, which you, um, being a much better linguist, uh, don't, don't realize all the time, is what a struggle it is operating in a different language. I often feel this. I, I speak a number of languages, and I often feel that when I'm talking another language, I don't feel as smart and on the ball as I do when I'm talking my own language. And I, I often underestimate that if I'm speaking Farsi or Dari, or I'm trying to communicate with someone when I was a diplomat. So I was very pleased that at the end, you you asked a question in French, because one of the things that strikes me about President Hollande reading that book is he is unbelievably smart. I mean, this mm. is a sort of scale of intellectual beyond most of our British prime ministers. Mm. I'm amazed, by the way, that no, I don't think there's been an English translation of the book, which I think is a real oversight and part of our continuing inward lookingness. So if there's any publishers listening, I really would get hold of it and see whether you shouldn't get it translated. I really enjoyed it. I'm glad you did as well. I've known President Hollande for quite a long time and uh, worked with him a bit. And he, as you say, is incredibly bright. I never understood why he, was, he became so unpopular. I remember once I had a meeting with him when his poll ratings had fallen to something like four and a half percent. And I said, you're now on a par with how many people think Elvis Presley is alive. Um, so, Far which, fewer, and, I think. Yeah. And, he's, and he's got, he's also, he has got, he always laughs at things like that. He's got a very good sense of humor. And what he was saying in the in the French bit at the end, and you're right about language because, you know, I find it because I do speak French and because I don't think I've ever had a conversation with him in English. So I kept wanting to, I knew what he wanted to say and I kept trying to sort of help him along. But he's just sort of, he does have English lessons because he understands that, you know, if you don't speak in, if you can't communicate in English, it's very difficult in global politics these days. But I think, so what he was saying at the end there was essentially that, um, he believes that our whole system of democracies are under threat in a way that we're far too complacent about and that the dictatorships really do operate at the advantage of, of democracies and that too many people, and especially he thinks young people, really don't understand the, the seriousness of the threat that we're facing. So that was the kind of big point he made at the end. I, I also think that to encourage people to try his book, it's a really lovely book. And actually his French is so clear and beautiful. Mm that you don't actually have to be very fluent in French to be able to read the book. Um, but it's also so elegant. I mean, what's extraordinary about reading a, a French politician of that stature is these extraordinary phrases. I was just looking at his description of, of Donald Trump. Ces mensonges innommables, ces déclarations baroques, ces décisions parfois surréalistes, les insultes dont il a abreuvé ses adversaires ont été à l'auteur de sa réputation. It's a sort of extraordinary rhetoric. I mean, there are these sort of four or five beautiful phrases coming one mm -hmm. after another. His, his, his character portraits are so beautiful of Trump, of Mohammed bin Salman, of um, almost everybody he encounters is beautifully. And he's, he can summarize Iran, he can summarize Syria, and he has a global vision which I think is much broader than any of the rest of us. Mm -hmm. I, I, I think I, I like the one. <laughs> I don't know if people will get this one about Cameron, but he talked about le masque orgueilleux de la serenité. You know, the, the, the arrogant mask of serenity. This, is when, he, this yeah. is when he said, he and Merkel were saying to him, listen, this is very dangerous what you're doing. And he said, no, he, was, he knew what he was doing. Well, that, that ended very well. L'union est amputée d'un pays majeur. The union has been amputated of a major country. So anyway, I, I think it'd be I think it'd be tricky for somebody who doesn't speak French to read it, Rory. I really do. But I honestly think if there's a publisher there, you're missing a trick here. It's a very, very 
for a former president. It's not a memoir. It's got lots of personal memoir points in it, but it's not a memoir at all. It's basically a take on what's happening in the world. And it's... Uh, it's interesting. I also do think, Rory, you're, you're in Kenya at the moment, but it, it, it is very interesting in the hotel this morning, flicking through the French papers. The big, big, big story here is this. There's a meeting between Macron and Schultz later in the week. It's what's going on in the Franco-German relationship. I think one of the things that strikes me about him is that he is able to range so confidently over global affairs. I mean, so nimbly, summarize Iran in a page, summarize Syria in a page, draw the connections between what's happening in 2012 in China and what's happening in 2012 in Russia. I, I do think there's a sophistication and global breadth there that I, I don't see in British politicians. I've not mm. seen a British political memoir that can do that. Not even your, your, your friend and hero, Tony Blair, is quite able to move that nimbly and with that much precision. Yet another dig at my old boss there, Rory. I think, Rory's, I think Tony does do that. I'll just say that in his defence. Well, he does. The, the reason the reason he doesn't do that, I think, is that he's not prepared to be as brutally rude. Partly because he's actually still much more active in international affairs. President Hollande is prepared to be unbelievably cutting about almost everybody. He did say. I was very surprised about what he he basically said. Maybe arrogant is not quite as strong as arrogant, but I think the American media might be interested in his portrayal of of Barack there. Yeah, and he, he refers sort of very comfortably to Paul Valéry. He refers very comfortably to Flaubert. He assumes his readers are up on all this. You'd, you'd, you'd almost have thought he'd been to Eton. His, his, literary, his literary illusions are so deep. Well, of course, the, tr the, the truth is that he went to, as you know, <laughs> the Saint-Jean-Baptiste de la Salle boarding school, which is a private Catholic school, then the Lycée Pasteur. And then he went to the three most elite. So actually, the French system is exactly the kind of thing that gets up your nose about the English system. Yeah, but he's a socialist. He's fine. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it was very good to talk to him. I'm glad that you were able to. And I'm sorry, we do apologize to your family for breaking into your holiday to do it. But I hope you thought it was worth it. Very happy. Thank you. Take care.